In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and my sidekick, Mr. Sam Robertson, and actually a couple of other voices, but you'll have to wait and see who they are, surprise guests, we are talking about some very difficult issues, the over-feminization of the church, the subjugation of women, and the absolute curse that we have walked into, handed down to us by Satan, where we celebrated softness rather than strength, and we over-celebrated nurture rather than victory, warfare, and overcoming. You will not want to miss this episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello, our wonderful loyal listeners, family and friends in podcast land, and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and... Sam Robertson. Glad you remembered your name, Sam. <laughs> Took me a minute. <laughs> we are a little bit jet lagged. So grace is required. However, we are back in my living room. We are. We are set up. Actually, it'd be interesting to tell you who else is in the room because we have a phenomenal team of people around about us who love us very well and serve us with great grace. And of course, producer Todd. How are you, producer Todd? He's great today. And my PA, who needs many crowns and medals for putting up with all the things she puts up with, Roz Walsh. How are you, Roz? I hope you can hear her. She's sitting taking notes. Show notes. She does the show notes so that you can see what's coming up. And often in the room, and today, once again, we have the glory that is Mr. Matt Craigs, who does editing and sound. How are you, Matt Craigs? He's very well. He's having a little rest on the settee because his wife has given birth not that long ago. She has to a glorious little boy called James. So number two. And we would just been shop, uh, uh, swapping, shopping for birth stories. No, no, that's not what we do here. Swapping our birth stories. And uh, terrifying Sam, who, as you know from the last episode, has just got himself engaged. Have we... Um, Made you celebrate the thought of having children or terrified you? Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> For having children. Maybe not the birth, but The birthing children. stories. Yes. So, yes. So, that is the five of us in the room who make these things happen. Yes. And these guys, Roz and producer Todd and sign man Matt, make us sound yeah, brilliant. Epic. They make us sound brilliant. And we love them very much and are very grateful. You can give them a round of applause and throw a blessing their direction for all they do. So, Sam. Yes. We have got a hot potato. Yes. I hope hot potato translates culturally, meaning a very difficult subject to talk about. Mm -hmm. Highly controversial. But if we get it right, my friends, you will be completely liberated. Yes. Do you want to give us the title? This is Emma's title, but I shall give you it. It is <laughs> The Feminization of the Church. The Feminization of the Church. You you actually sounded quite scared yes. <laughs> saying that. This is not my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. But it's good. Okay, let me set the scene. I think we are a feminized church. We are too girly girly. Uh, we are too sweet and trite and twee. We are too pink and flouncy and wafty and this is going to need some biblical context i will bring it to you right now all right i think that when we're in the opening chapters of exodus 
and the story of Moses is unfolding and the Hebrew at that point slaves are growing too numerous the king of Egypt the pharaoh we are in Exodus 1 verse 15 to 16 gathers the midwives and asks that when delivering children that if a boy is birthed he would be killed but if it's a girl let her live and you see that when Satan is trying to captive or enslave or limit or demean a people read church for that in today's context there is a strategy to dispose of real men now apply that across the genders I think the strategy is to get rid of strength kill the sons in this context, in Exodus 1, it's about the feminization of the Hebrews. But I think that Satan wants to rob you of strength and to emasculate you where in the over-feminization, you lack courage and that what we collectively value as the people of God is soft faith, timid faith, and a nurturing faith that loses its cutting edge and I think that's where we are as the body of Christ and God is saying you need to deal with this softening of faith this over feminization I'm choosing my words very carefully over feminization of the people of God where we have been made wrongly weak and it is now a place of our captivity. Mm. That weakness is, I know we, we there is a scripture that, that his strength is perfected in our weakness. But actually, I think we're supposed to be the head and not the tail at the same time. And we're, ha- we're supposed to be in the embodiment of the Ephesian scriptures, having done all stand. So Sam, do you want to start to comment on this? Yeah, and we're not talking here about oh, there's too many women, and there, you know, and in terms of humans, we're not commenting. We're t- we're talking here about a mindset that has so washed us over a long time that we have lost our strength, and I think actually that that is the the core, I guess, of where we're where we're seeing this manifest. Yes. That if we were to say what qualities would you describe the church with or having strength probably wouldn't be top of the list and the need for a strong church the need for a determined determined church courageous. a need for a courageous yes. a warrior minded and I, I think this really is the 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 root of why we are how we are i mean how many times have we prayed oh god make your church courageous and nothing really has changed how much have we prayed god restore our strength and nothing really has changed how yes. much have we prayed god make us a brave people and nothing really has changed because maybe we are wrestling against a symptom and not a root we're wrestling against a fruit on the tree of this thing that the enemy has sown of the feminization of the church and then getting back it's not that we go from one extreme to the other that's not what we're prophesying we go from being the feminized church to the masculine church yeah. but actually that the fullness of who we are comes back the balance the rightness and that strength comes in that bravery comes in and that our military mindedness is restored i think it's 
very challenging to get the right terminology, vocabulary wrapped around these issues because you can accidentally undermine the female shape, female body, female form, the gift that women are. As my husband says to me and my father said to me, Emma, really only a strong woman can bring this forward Mm -hmm. because you would kick a man very hard uh, because you would think that if he brought this because you'd think he was you know undermining females but let me be very clear I think feminization I love being a woman and I love um the female form and it takes years I think as women to be comfortable in our own skin and many women never land that they never let Roz, I actually think I'm going to get you to lean over Sam's shoulder, my PA, and uh, uh, borrow a mic. I know we're kind of uh, riffing here because um, can I ask you, you know, how is it okay to ask you publicly, how old are you? <laughs> She's Yes, no worries. I love my age. I'm 41. You're 41. And it's yeah. a great age. It's a fabulous age. It is a fabulous age. How long did it take you to become comfortable in your in your femininity? Oh, years. I had to spend years looking into a mirror every morning and saying, I love myself, I'm beautiful and I'm worthy. And it was only after about three or four years I actually believed it. And I was doing it every single morning. My word, Roz, that's some journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I do believe it now. You do believe it. But it was intentional. And it, for those of you... Uh, tuning in this is an Australian accent that oh, we yeah, are yeah. listening to in my PA okay <laughs> so I think it's very important that you and I mm. as, uh, and I appreciate you jumping off the settee and, <laughs> and commenting feminization is not all bad no in fact we want to celebrate women yeah and can I also then say uh, masculinization is not all good mm. I think we all have now got to say we have both feminine and masculine qualities. Mm-mm. I mean, do you have masculine qualities? I think so, but I wear it well. <laughs> People definitely say I have masculine qualities, <laughs> you know, and uh, they don't always say that in a very flattering form. But I think Jesus embodies both mm-hmm. and that the Godhead is feminine and the Godhead is masculine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that we want to be, ce- thank you, Ross. We want to be celebrated. She may pop back in because she's literally only a few feet away. <laughs> thank you, Ross. Thank you, Ross. That we, that we, we want to celebrate both. So what is the problem? The problem is that Christianity, and hear me well on this, has a dominantly female or feminine ethos where strength is problematic. And Mm. that's really the, the nub of what we're getting to. If you are too strong, it is problematic. We're suspicious of strength, suspicious of courage. Yes, yes. Can I ask you maybe... We may need to pull up a whole other chair for Ross for this episode. Sam, have you ever been criticised for your strength? Like, oh, you're a dictator or you're an oligarch or you're too forceful or that strength or courage is a problem. He's looking at me like, because most men will never have had that accusation raised at them. Not, 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 this, not at a, a level that's a proper criticism. Okay. No. Okay. I can't remember any. So <laughs> your masculinity, when it was strong and courageous... Was probably celebrated. Yes. Yeah. You go, Sam. You show them what not. You know, you give it to suck it to them. We're just, you're strong. You're strong. You're a leader. 
Nat- natural born leader. Do you know those sorts of... You've heard that kind of thing oh, spoken absolutely. of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that made you feel good? Probably, yeah. Especially in teenage years. Absolutely. Roz, have you ever been strong and it been celebrated? Or what's the most likely response you've had? I can tell you <laughs> mine. You can ask me in a minute. Yeah. I mean, certainly when I was younger, like visually, I look a lot younger than I actually am in real life. You have very good skin. Thank you. I appreciate that. Especially from you. Um, and... Being strong was actually considered a very negative thing. You know, I used to get accused of not knowing what eggshells were, being a bull in a china shop, um, not knowing my place, especially yeah. in like I come from a corporate background. Corporate business background. And um, yeah. being in sort of boardrooms, I'd often have men saying, oh, that's not very feminine of you, simply because I know how to hold my ground and how to put forth yeah. an argument. So it wasn't always celebrated, no. And so there is wow. that sense that... Um, you talked about business in the corporate uh, mm-hmm. world and um, uh, the sense that you then be- you behavior modify mm. uh, and you revert back into over feminization mm-hmm. for acceptability. And you never feel comfortable in your own skin, yeah. which is a real issue because I want to bring femininity and wear you know, pretty clothes, but then you don't feel you get taken seriously. Yes. So it's almost like dulling down. Yes. in order to be taken seriously, which is an issue. Yes. I actually think, wow. thanks, Ross, I actually think we, we feminize our men. And the issue in church is that we do have more women, certainly in the Western culture, uh, than we have, not in some other cultures I go to, but certainly in the Western church, usually the room is more female because we demand even the feminization of our men. And um, i tell you a couple of, of stories. I remember when I first went to university, I'm 47 now. I would have been 18. And I would cry, I mean, wail with God saying, you need to make me shy. You need to make me quiet. It was a repetitive prayer of mine because my perception was that um, if I lost anything extreme, I would be holy. That the equation in my head culturally was holiness equaled a complete tameness holiness equaled dumb downness holiness equaled uh, a floral floaty feminization and it took me years to figure out that strength and female was good Mm. years and years of being called jezebel and it, it can i tell you there was a beautiful woman she was actually a Hawaiian lady and she ran an intercessory movement and she was doing itinerant ministry in Scotland. And I worked for a pharmaceutical company at the time and Pfizer actually, and I sold Viagra and all of that ridiculous conversation. But I was really, really successful and was managing loads of people and large geographical area and massive budgets, very successful. And she came to me and she said, um, do you know why God has allowed you to be successful? She said, God is training you in leadership until the church can receive you. Wow. And she made sense of my entire life wow. in about two or three sentences. And she said, the church does not know what to do with gifted women. <laughs> and you're being given space to learn what success is outside of the church for the day when the church can receive successful women. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, 
Wow. Sam. I think this is such a massive area that we're we're starting to touch here on areas of belittling of women and mm-hmm. um and also the feminization of men that we see all yeah. the time the lack of men from the church in the western world i mean yeah. I, I don't know what the stats are off the top of my head but i think they'll probably be shocking with the amount of women who attend church versus um, the amount of of men um and and, and we're we're not just here pushing against something i think that is a you know in jesus name we destroy that you know it's a demon although we can go to war against it this is actually something that's been so conditioned into Mm -hmm. the culture of the church that we now need to have this as a conversation uh, in our midst i'm thinking even of um I think it's probably not even just in the church, it's in the world. Words that are used as a compliment for a man versus how they're used towards women. You know, a man's a boss, a woman's bossy. And how even the language changes around certain qualities and we're coming against a cultural tide here. A mindset that we now need to shift with our language as well as something that we can go to war with in, in the spirit realm. So I think the problem for this, again, let me be very blunt, the problem is not feminization on occasions, softness and kindness and, and, on, and actually floral sweetness. Um, and the problem is 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 not that, that, because we all need those qualities on occasions. And I know I'm kind of picking some words there that um, are shorthand, so give me grace here. But here is the problem. We over nurture at the cost of warfare Mm -hmm. and therefore warfare is not instinctive to us male or female Mm -hmm. and we nurture and that leads us into the continuation of a baby church that never grows up we nurture at the cost of warfare so we remain overcome rather than overcomers Mm -hmm. we remain infantile and childish because we never understand the overcoming stance of war we nurture at the cost of warfare meaning that we perpetually put unsanctified mercy on people who should be growing up and taking responsibility we therefore when we nurture at the cost of warfare we never see a mature bride emerge who are truly strengthened by the rough and tumble of what warfare produces. So really what you're getting at is this is part of the root of why we have such an immature church. Yes. A church who now needs to grow up. It is absolutely at the root of it. And that sense of how can I lean into the nature of God and only take... We have made God too feminized. We have made the God good all the time yeah. and kind all the time, or we've made he is good all the time, but we've made his goodness a soft goodness yeah. so that we don't understand the God who is good through the lens of holy fire and masculinity yeah. and stomping his foot. And as Ezekiel says, he beats his fists. Yeah. So we, we, we feminize not only ourselves, but we feminize the God we follow so that he does not have consequences. Mm. He is a mighty man of war. <laughs> we hold at the cost of releasing. Yeah. So we overly mother rather than send. Yeah, a wrong protectiveness. Yes, which emasculates 
the whole apostolic gift. If If you hold in a maternal way at the cost of releasing, you completely rob the apostolic of having any ability to release and send. Mm, wow. That means we have people in the wrong place geographically, yeah. in the wrong roles, right across the church, because we overhold rather than release. Mm. How can an apostle be a true apostle, whether it's a man or a woman apostle is not the point. You, you, Because obviously we know that Junia is not alone as the female apostle in scripture. Um, you need to read that scripture about Junia. We'll come to that another time but it means that whether you are a a, a man apostle or a woman apostle we have not allowed the fullness of that because we are nurturing at the cost of releasing Mm. so nobody's making their mistakes that come from releasing nobody it's all too safe yeah no one's in fullness no one's really thriving in their call or where they need to be because there's an overprotective Stay here, stay here. We are compassionate at the cost of competence. Wow. We are incompetent because we're too compassionate. Wow. We pander. Oh, I'm on a roll, Sam. Keep going. We pander at the cost of challenge. Hmm. How dare you challenge me, me and my mental health? Yeah. Not realizing that your mental health needs challenge. Absolutely. Otherwise, how do you get free? (laughs) now do you get healed yes and i think an awful lot of this comes from a wrong understanding of what it is to have jesus as the bridegroom Mm. so we think of jesus the bridegroom oh he just marries me oh he's my individual savior um oh jesus you know he looks after me he's my boyfriend jesus is predominantly about romancing me can i shout loudly over you he is not your personal savior and never once in scripture is he written about as your personal savior yes you have a personal need for your repentance but he's not a personal savior He's a collective saver who marries yeah. the entire church. Yeah. He's the bridegroom to all his people. Mm-hmm. It's not that you personally, individually march up the aisle. That is just not the case. And you utterly assign Jesus when you think of him as that kind of bridegroom to Jesus is my boyfriend and we demean him and we feminize our relationship with him into a soft, lovey-dovey faith. Yeah. We lose Messiah King and we inflate our own ego. Yeah. Come on. You know, John 3, 16 to 17. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, etc., etc. But it goes, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world yeah. through him. And the salvation is a corporate salvation, yes. not just an individual. Now, the, the, the blessing of that r- trickles down into my individual life, yes. but it's a corporate activity. And he's our savior and he's our Lord. And we're saved into a kingdom who's ruled by a king. And that, our, I think probably our lack of understanding the kingship of Christ is probably because yes. of what we're hitting at in this yes. podcast Let's as well. Let's be very clear. You individually come to Jesus. Totally. And you confess that he is Lord and repent of your sins and be baptized and all the steps for your salvation. However, when you do that, you come into the membership and the citizenship of a kingdom. Absolutely. And he saves his kingdom and he saves us into a kingdom so i think um we 
have denied, therefore, women and mm-hmm. strong women and capable women and intelligent women. We've also screwed up, up the place for men in the house of God mm-hmm. who actually want to sing, Jesus, can we sit in silence and watch the ball game? Rather than soppy wet kisses, which is totally acceptable, we sentimentalize our music. I am fed up of sentimental music. (laughs) Tell me about it. It has a place, but where are the songs of strength and war? Mm -hmm. We think our arrival point in worship is when we feel gooey yeah. rather than feeling strong. What Absolutely. about if our arrival point in worship was the feeling of strength? Absolutely. Or war. I'm on a rant. <laughs> Keep going. Silk flowers. Can you say that? It- flowers. Flowers. It's got two syllables. No. Flowers. <laughs> Did you clap the syllables? Well, that's me? what you're meant to do to find the number of syllables, is it not? That's how you clap syllables. I always do that. You're hilarious. Right. Flowers. 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 Flower arranging circles. How many women's lives were blighted by having to be members of the flower arranging circle? Seriously. How many hours did we waste in church scheduling rotas for flower arranging? Because it's the only way a woman was allowed to serve. Right. Lace on the communion table. Wow. Doilies. Doilies. Mm-hmm. Thomas Kincaid twee art. Love a bit of Thomas Kincaid in I, a limited way. I don't know who that is. Have you not seen Thomas Kincaid No, art? I'll Google after the podcast. Go, go, Google, put your thing on and Google now. It's, it's very chocolate box. Um. I actually think he's quite a talented painter and he paints. Oh, now I'm looking at producer Todd, who is the knower of all things. Oh, um, like on top, that's what you get on like the front of like a jigsaw puzzle. Yes. Yeah. Very okay. old fashioned jigsaw puzzles. I, I, I don't know even know whether he's al- alive or dead. Do we know Todd? Producer Todd? Todd's raising his eyes at me. Um, but he used to put his, he paints with. Um, he's dead. Oh, is he dead? <laughs> Just to let you know, R.I.P. This podcast in memory of Thomas Kincaid. (laughs) We need to dedicate this episode to Thomas Kincaid. Oh dear. Um, uh, He used to uh, paint his wife's initial N. Was she Nicole? Can we Google this while we're live on? So that you had to. How do I know so much about Thomas Kincaid? (laughs) He really was a hero. He didn't Google his wife's. He put his wife's initial in all of his paintings. And luminescent paint, Todd. Is that right? So it glows in the dark. Todd is nodding. There we go. Anyway, Thomas Kincaid Twee Art. Other Twee Artists are available. <laughs> now, the, the, you, I, w- I wish you could see these guys now out with their phones just looking at, at Twee Christian Art. Nanette. Nanette because of N. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, shall we move on yes. from, from pathetic art? Yes. How are we going to land this? How are we going? Little Ribbons in Worship. Oh, yep. And do you know my personal... Pet hate. What? Jesus drawn like a woman with a beard. <laughs> holding a lamb. 
Sorry, Sam, so I lost the plot. Yes. How many of those have yeah. we seen? Yeah. Most unfortunate. Yeah. Particularly Jesus being painted as white. Mm. Yeah, with perfect um, pores on his yeah. skin. Pedicure. Pedicured. Toenails. Pedicured female yeah. Jesus with a beard and a lamb. Another pet hate. Oh, Sam, I've got a list. <laughs> this is not getting any better, is it? <laughs> oh dear, what else is there? Oh man, uh, producer Todd, this might need edited. Um, Jesus the cute lion with a mane that looks like blow it's dried. been professionally blow-dried yeah. in a salon. What is that? This is a lion of Judah. See him coming with a perm. <laughs> <laughs> why did we do this to ourselves I don't know. I don't know. everything was wrongly sanitized it was. and softened i remember my father telling me about a church meeting this is irish baptist where they fell out of whether they would have fine bone china teacups and saucers or cubed or loose sugar in the sugar bowls a whole church meeting did they resolve it no mm. wow it, we well, I remember my dad, who was part of the fabric committee, having a conversation over um, minimizing the use of paper towels, <laughs> and how they had to print, <laughs> how they they printed uh, signs to put in every bathroom. It only takes one to dry your hands, and they had a three-hour fabric committee meeting over that. Well, let's not have a climate change conversation about the stewarding of resources no. uh, because there's something underlying that, that, that. But anyway. But a three hour meeting. Yeah. But I think we're, we are heavy heartedly sighing at some of our ridiculous traditions. Absolutely. And realizing just how much we wasted our time in softening ourselves in all the wrong ways. And I actually think that a lot of us have had abuse in the church very painful male abuse yeah. in the church why because there was nobody radicalized enough to stop it and to call it out yes and the thought of jesus the nomad the whip cracking carpenter calling people vipers was feminized out and satan feminized us satan emasculated us and we embraced it mm. let's turn the page and now release a blessing yeah. of strength. Sam, hit me with it. So for our listeners right now, where you recognize this in your own life and your family's life, we decree that right now begins a day of forceful strength, of righteous godly strength that arises from the midst of you. And everywhere that you have been wrongly tamed and watered down, now your military mindedness comes back. That yes, you serve a saint, Savior, and yes, you serve a friend, but your God is also a mighty man of war, and he has called you to triumph with him, with um, with a new courage, a courageous warfare and courage. And so I release that right to you now, and some of you to start to feel where you have been wrongly contained, you have been wrongly shut down, that your wildness and strength right now comes back to you. In the name of Jesus, I lose the ability for you to be soft when you need to be, compassionate when you need to be, but I lose the permission into your heart right now for courageous warfare and leadership in due season. I release to you the freedom to strategize. I release to you the 
freedom, for strength yeah. and winning and overcoming when it is needed. I release to you the wisdom to know when compassion is to be liberally given to those in pain, but also when to apply tough, forceful affection. It is not the days of misplaced compassion. Come on. It is the days to redress our over-feminization, to know when to be vulnerable and to know when to be strong, to know when to go for peace and to know when to go for war, to know when to embrace and to know when to refrain. And can I just talk to the women right now? You heard Roz and I talk about some of the really uncomfortable journeys and maybe we um, understated that. But for those of you who have been wrestling for years with being strong and female, capable and female, determined and female, I bless you. I bless you into the fullness of your call. I bless a space to be opened up for all that you are. I bless you to move if you need to move. I bless you to find a tribe who will get the call of God on your life. And I bless you, women listeners, into a version of yourselves that you have longed to be. And to you male listeners, I bless you into war and strength and to model something, men and women, in the house of God of what a resolutely outward-looking, strategic caring yet occupation-minded church would be and I bless us to hurdle the captivity of our over-feminization in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Join us again for another podcast episode of What the Prophets Say. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. You clearly ooze stamina. May I gently encourage you to jump over to our website, propheticscots.com, where you can download my e-course, The Prophetic Warrior, nine highly interactive sessions that will equip and train you to hear the voice of God with ease. Make sure that you subscribe and like and share this podcast. You don't want to miss all the things we have coming up for you.